You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello. Welcome back. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, and I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, recording, as always, from the great city of Orlando, Florida. Thanks for listening. Well, I guess it's not as always, because there have been a few times where I've recorded from other places, right? Like Oklahoma, Guatemala, a few other places. So those of you who are regular listeners who have been with me for a while know that occasionally I come at you from a a different city, but typically it is from the great city of Orlando, Florida. And I want to say a big, big thank you to all of you. I know I've said this in many episodes before, but I really mean it. I am so thankful and grateful for all of our listeners. So big thank you to you for for downloading, for listening, for being a great, loyal audience, for the great email emails for the great correspondence on social media. Just a, just I'm so overwhelmed. And so I just want to give a big thank you to all of you. Hey, in this episode, I'm going to answer a question that comes from a regular listener, a man by the name of Zach. You guys have heard me talk about him before. In fact, my most previous episode, episode 182, was uh, was an episode in response to one of Zach's questions. And then I'm going to, again, here in 183, I'm going to address some things that Zach uh, asked me about. I've actually done several episodes now in response to some of my questions, uh, some of the questions I've gotten from Zach. He's a great thinker. He's a great listener. I really appreciate Zach. And so excited to do another episode here. Hey, before I get to answering Zach's question, just want to give a quick heads up to everyone. I know many of you are probably already familiar with this, but in case you are a new listener and you are not, I actually have another podcast called the Student Ministry Podcast, really designed for anyone serving or working in student ministry. So that's anyone that is working in middle school ministry, high school ministry, college ministry, if you're a college pastor or campus pastor, campus minister, small group leader, even if you're a parent, uh, anyone who is serving or working with teenagers or college students, it's this is designed to be a resource for you. So check it out. The easiest way to find it is on the web at studentministrypodcast.com. All right, let's get to Zach's question. Okay, so the question that I'm going to answer today that Zach has brought up, amongst many other questions and thoughts that Zach has, has brought up to me, is, is, a, is about the idea of books of the Bible, or excuse me, books that were written and letters that were written, epistles that were written in the first century that maybe didn't make it into the Bible. Um, you know, and really, again, that, that kind of leads to the question, are we potentially missing out on something that would otherwise be true for us? Now, I'm going to give an answer to this that's going to feel like it contradicts the answer I gave in episode 182. It doesn't contradict. It just may seem like it to some people. I also recognize that the answer I'm about to give is going to get me in some trouble with some Christians out there. There are some people out there that are not going to like the answer that I have to give. Uh, but as always, I want to be honest. I want to be faithful. I want to be consistent. Right? I, my desire is to be intellectually honest as much as possible and to be consistent. And so... Are there books that were written or letters that were written that were inspired by God that were just as authoritative as some of the letters that are in the New Testament, but for whatever reason, they didn't make it into the New Testament? So, you know, are there other writings, let's say from the Apostle Paul or from other apostles and church church leaders that that in the first century were treated as if they were inspired by God, but for whatever reason didn't make it into the canon? And I'm going to tell you, I think the answer is yes. Okay, I know I just freaked out a bunch of people, and I know it sounds like I contradicted episode 182. Let me explain. 
In Colossians chapter 4, verse 16, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Colossian church, makes mention of another letter he wrote to the church in Laodicea. Laodicea was a city that would be close to where the Colossians lived. And he tells them to to go find that letter and have it read in, in the Colossian church. Basically, he's telling them to swap. Have them read your letter and then you read their letter. And so I've had I've heard it asked, if we found the letter to Laodiceans today, should it be added to the Bible? And I would say the answer to that is yes. Let me explain. Um, of course, we would need to authenticate it. We would need to be able to absolutely corroborate that it was authentic, that whatever we discovered was indeed written by the Apostle Paul. I talked extensively back in episodes 144, 145, 146 about the science of textual criticism. And so if, if someone today were to discover the letter to the Laodiceans, we would have to be able to use the same burden of proof that, that textual critics use to authenticate the, the, the current 66 books of the Bible, in particular, the 27 books of the New Testament. And so if something was discovered and we could absolutely authenticate beyond a shadow of a doubt that it, that, you know, that it is indeed, it was indeed written by the Apostle Paul, that it, that it you know, is authentic, that I would say yes, that it ought to be added to the Bible, that it would be the 67th book to the Bible. Now, I don't think that's that's plausible. I don't think that's going to happen because there's no evidence that this letter is going to be found, and there's there's nothing that textual critics could bring to the table that would be able to authenticate or corroborate this particular letter. Um, so I don't think uh, that I don't think it's going to be found whatsoever. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so what? But why do I say that I think this ought to be? You know, considered scripture if we were to find it, or why do I believe that those particular writings were inspired? Well, I think it's important to note, number one, that that not everything an apostle wrote and said was inspired. Okay, I want to make sure I want to make that clear. Just because the apostle Paul write it, wrote it, didn't make it inspired. Historians, in fact, believe that lots of the apostles wrote lots of letters and they're not in the Bible. They're not all inspired by God. Just because an apostle wrote it or said it doesn't necessarily mean it was inspired. However, the command that the Apostle Paul gives to the Colossian church in Colossians 4 to read the letter for the Laodiceans in the church clearly gives a different expectation of this letter. There was an expectation that the letter to the Laodiceans would be treated just like the letter to the Colossians, that it would be free, preached from, excuse me, uh, it would be preached from, that it would be taught from, that it would be read publicly in the church, that it would be considered authentic, it would be considered authoritative, that it would be considered inspired by God. Like He, he writes a letter to the Colossians, they use this as the inspired word of God within their local church context. They preach from it. They teach from it. It's authoritative in their church context. Eventually, it gets circulated beyond their own church in their own region, and it's embraced as authoritative by lots of other churches. He writes a letter to the Laodiceans in the exact same manner, and Laodicea was near, was a city that was nearby. And so, he, he tells the Laodiceans, here's a letter. He writes this letter to them, and presumably would have had them preach from it, teach from it, and consider it authoritative and in the inspired word of God. The Laodicean Christians would have taken this letter from Paul. They would have preached from it. They would have taught from it, and they would have used it as authoritative. And at some point, it seems like the Colossian church and the Laodicean church to end up swapping letters. And they, you know, that's the that's the command that Paul gave to the Colossian church. Hey, go get the letter Laodiceans and read it in the church and preach from it because it's the inspired word of God, just like this letter is. Now, for whatever reason, 
the letter to the Laodiceans never seemingly gets circulated outside of their region and it gets lost. It wasn't preserved for us. We don't have it today and we're not going to find it. There's no evidence whatsoever that we're going to find it. So if someone were to discover some supposed letter from the Laodiceans, we can't corroborate it. So it's probably a forgery and it's, it's not the letter that Paul actually wrote. Now, I think it's also important to note that um, that, that I do believe the letter to Laodiceans was indeed inspired by God, given to Paul for the people in the Laodicean region and in the church and in, in the Colossian church. But for whatever reason, God he chose to not have that letter be circulated. For whatever reason, that letter didn't get circulated and spread throughout the regions. And I believe ultimately because maybe God just didn't want it to. Now, would it surprise me if we get to heaven and we find out that God has inspired lots of other writings throughout? You know, human history, you know, it would not surprise me, in fact. Um, now, are there probably lots of them? Probably not, but probably maybe there's a handful. We know of at least one, right? And maybe that's the only one. But would it surprise me that God inspired other writings? No, it, it would not surprise me. Um, but for whatever reason, God didn't preserve those for us. Um, maybe God wanted to give those particular people writings. Maybe God wanted to give, give the Laodiceans particular writing for them in that moment. But he didn't want that letter to survive because he didn't want us to have it. Listen, I don't know why God did that. He's God. He can do whatever he wants, right? But I know that this, that God in his sovereign grace, he did preserve certain ones. That The Holy Spirit was working through humanity, orchestrating the events of human history in order to preserve certain ones to make sure that certain ones would be copied uh, well, that it would be uh, preserved well, that they would be circulated extensively so that they could be preserved by the church leaders uh, you know, throughout the generation so that we could have them today. I, I do not believe we're missing out on anything. I think it's important to know. I don't believe we're missing out on anything whatsoever. I don't think there's anything in the letter to the Laodiceans that would add to the doctrine we currently have. Because if it did, then God would have preserved it for us. I believe that there wasn't. There's nothing in that particular letter or any other letter that God may have inspired that we need. Because if we did need it, God in his perfect sovereign grace would have orchestrated the events of history to make sure those were preserved for us today and that they were also included in the canon. The fact that God didn't do that makes it clear that that they were not needed for us today. That God in his perfect sovereignty orchestrated that we would have that the Old and New Testament that it's authentic and inspired, that, that I, I talked extensively about back in episodes 144, 145, um, that we have the Bible today, we can trust it, and it, that everything we need, that everything that God has revealed about himself, that he wants us to know, is, in, is included in the pages of the Old and New Testament. And there's no other writings out there that have anything additional that we're missing out on at all. I do believe that it is plausible that God has inspired other writings, that God did reveal certain parts of himself or revealed bits of truth to particular people at a particular time through other apostolic writings. I do believe that is plausible that God did that, but for whatever reason, in God's perfect providence, he chose not to have those letters reserved or preserved for us. And therefore, that tells me that we actually don't necessarily need those, that whatever was written there were for those people in that time, not for us in this time. I believe that the word of God is inspired, it's authoritative, and it's it's inerrant, and it is complete, and we can trust the scriptures that we have today. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Shout out to Zach. Thank you for the great question, bringing this to, to the forefront. Hey, for everyone else, if you have a question or a topic that you want me to address on the podcast, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. 
The email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you want to connect with me personally, the best place to do that is on Twitter. I love the tweet and I love connecting with people there. So find me on Twitter. My handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. I'm Kenny Ortiz and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.